Welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast Infused with Hip Hop. I am Wood. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. <laughs> Kept that shit short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, like, look, until until we get until we get a consensus on what the new and improved show open is going to be, there's no point in trying to shuffle through and juke move through all those other you know, adjectives and superlatives. Absolutely. Today, oh shit, I just realized what today was. Do you know what today is? It is an anniversary, actually. A word? Yeah. Okay. Anniversary of what? As evidenced by this lovely shirt that I'm wearing. Okay. Courtesy of Lords of the Underground. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. Today is August 11th. Yeah, my Lord. Yeah, my Lord. I said, yeah, my Lord. Yeah, my Lord. 20 and 20. Tree! Wiggle wee convenient, bring me your dinner bucket. Let the church say. Hey, man. Today is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Today, today. Today, today. Like 50 years ago, Cool Herc was on the corner of Sedgwick and Cedar running an orange cord with a sound system. And, uh, this is way way before Batman team book 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 booyaka shot he just happens to be from Jamaica that's why I threw that in there okay I can dig it and um yeah hip hop was hip hop was born and coined at a party and a flyer that okay. was written on an index card I like it I like it so I'm, so in honor of that since today is the day I'm gonna go ahead and start. You know, I, everybody on our timeline been doing their ten days of hip hop with their favorite albums. Yep, yep. Shouts out, to, shouts out to Viz, uh, eighteen. Shouts out to Fats. Indeed, gang. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start my uh, my countdown Monday. That's what I'll do. Okay. I'll go ahead and start my ten days. You know, now that now that the actual anniversary has has come and it's been celebrated, we'll go ahead and you know I'll do my ten. I would have to, for me, I can't do like the top. For me, it would probably be the yeah, most, I, it, it would have to be like for me, the most influential. Right, I mean, it's, it's your 10. Like whatever reason you pick them, they don't have to be in any order. It's just 10 albums over the history of hip hop that have impacted you. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm, de- I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna jump in on that. I I'm may, I may even do, my 10 I may even do a two day collage, like where it might have like a picture of five and then have like another picture of five the next day. So the way I get all the 10 out the way. I, I thought about that, but I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm actually cheating the process if I don't do one every day. If I just pick 10, 10 photos or pick 10 albums and put them on either on a list or just one big collage, I'm like, uh, I'm kind of cheating the holiday. Yeah. Plus, you know, co- content. <laughs> That's the other part. Yeah, I'm, I'm fighting the algorithm. <laughs> there's a there's a concert going on uh, in uh, Yankee Stadium right now, featuring uh-huh. all eras of hip hop. The only thing I didn't see were graph artists. But uh, you, you can't really ignore that part of, of I don't, hip-hop. I, I don't so. think that it's it's it's. I don't think they're not going to be there. I just didn't see them on there because naturally street art is still technically illegal in most places. I'm sure in New York City there's some ordinances, especially inside of Yankee Stadium. 
but that until doesn't they mean, want a mural. Yeah, that doesn't mean that Cruz won't be. <laughs> yeah, it's let, illegal let, until they want to want a mural to beautify the neighborhood. Let a rapper mean. die. <laughs> right. Prohibition was the thing at one point. Shit. Not now. Shit. Now it's art. <laughs> we don't talk about art. <laughs> we, they don't talk about art. Uh, it's plain and simple. Actual uh, factuals. Last episode, uh, which was a another phenomenal Broken Pencil Booking Company tournament, uh, which was this uh, Mr. SummerSlam, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to the new subscribers. Oh, oh man, new pencil pushes, gang gang. Uh, we got new, we got new followers, new subscribers. Everything is brand new. We we out here getting to it, so I I appreciate you. Shout out, thank you for joining the game. You we, are we saved the spot for you, and you took advantage. You are game, and as you will soon find out, where the game goes, the, the game goes. A whole lot of fucking gang shit. Factual, factual. Um, I a few episodes ago. I made the mistake of jumping the gun. I, I was already thinking that we were already there on Gunther's Valter in our house title reign. As Which the, gun do you jump, Billy or Bart? Neither. Um, Price just I went just up. <laughs> so you jumped the gun. I just, you know, I need to know which one to be looking out for. Yeah, ne- ne- neither of those guns. Um, I, I I misquoted the the date that the, was it the day after WrestleMania that he no well, what was the pay per view after WrestleMania Roadblock no Roadblock uh, what was the one in Puerto Rico Detour oh Backlash Backlash Back, I, yeah it wasn't Backwash this year it no it was, def- it was definitely Backlash this year definitely Backlash I was under the impression that the Monday after Backlash Walter would have uh, would have tapped the Honky Tonk Man's record and then the next day he eclipsed it oh <laughs> Tapping records, really? That's what you get at. Uh, it was just funny. It was funny to me. All right, to me. Um, that that said, that out the way, I told you last episode I'd have the actual number. Okay. The magic number right now, as of today, is four oh six. Okay, so we we got a little ways to go. We have fifty nine more days to go. No, I'm sorry, forty nine more days to go. Okay, so before the record is actually broken, being August 11th. So what? Where does that put us? Fifty four days. Uh, 54? 59. Wait, well, how many? Forty nine. Because the record is four fifty four. Four fifty four is the it ties the record. Four fifty six. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So forty nine. All right. So forty nine days breaks the record. So thirty one days from today puts us at September eleventh. So that would say... 48 days, but yes. 49 puts you in the lead. Yeah, yeah. All right, so 31. So the 21st is 41. The the 28th is 48. So right around October the... Was that SmackDown? It might even be a Raw. Hold on one second. I mean, yeah, now now I gotta pull my calendar out. You and these questions, Suave, I swear. Look, I mean, we're trying to provide the pencil pushers <laughs> with insight they wouldn't get anywhere else. 31, 38. We're the, we're the closest 45. thing to real legitimate wrestling media that exists. We ain't just out here making up shit. 52, 54. 455 would be October the 5th. Ah, it's my mom's birthday. Turn hey, up. Hey, turn up. It's a Thursday, so... 
I mean, if we could get a title defense on Friday on SmackDown, that'd be cool. And that would but, probably be the season premiere, I'm assuming, somewhere thereabouts of SmackDown. Probably. So if you don't get any cross pollination with brands, his 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 celebration would probably would be October 9th. Meaning you would get a title defense on the second just to solidify he's going to break the record. So that Monday, October 2nd, I would assume if I was holding the pencil, Walter would be my main event. And I would probably who? I'll probably have him go against the Miz. You think? Yep. I know why you're booking that. Just you know. Yeah, it's it, 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 Miz's character arc right now isn't the isn't the most appealing. Keep it a thousand. He's not turning face anytime soon, nor should he. Nope. Not but, after what he did. Not after he cooked L.A. Knight. But active. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go keep it one hundred. He low key exposed the boy. He, he cooked him a little bit. He he grilled him lightly on both sides. That's it what, was like gri- grilled cheese sandwich. But not for nothing. That's what twenty years in the year do for you. <laughs> I mean, I under- I completely understand it. I from a production standpoint, if if I'm producing content and I say, okay, let's see if he can sink or swim, toss him out there with the dude who has been tossed out to sea more times than anybody you can count. Boy, and came and back. came back swimming. <laughs> no life raft. Like he got Daniel Bryan up out of there. He was he was cooking with Ziggler like I don't I don't really feel like he's ever just dropped the ball when put in that position like when he goes either off script or just goes from inside his chair when he's saying with his chest he's undefeated I I have not seen it okay Cena was the only one and that's because Cena uses the this was at that time where everybody had that same narrative talking about Cena, about him being a part timer. The part timer, six moves Cena's, of doom type, yada yada, yada all that, all that dumb shit. Right, and then Cena's comeback for everyone was, I got, I'm here because you can't do your job. I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. <laughs> It's a Catholic school. <laughs> Clarence, Clarence parents got a real, real good, good marriage. marriage. <laughs> right, so. Oh shit! <laughs> I tell you what, throw Miz and Cena back in that situation again. Now, I don't think it's gonna come off the same. Oh, I, think, oh. I, I really think Mike could get him. No one can talk wrestling talk with anyone with Miz right now. No, no one outside of the full time scope of WWE can talk wrestling talk with the Miz. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. He he, he put La Knight on skates. If the if if Unk is in the back giving Mike cuts to those worthy of having it, the last person you want to go into a sparring match with right now from a wrestling standpoint is The Miz. Like, it, it wasn't quite... It wasn't quite Crawford Spence, but <laughs> if you go back and watch it, it's like... Mm. He, he staggered you in, at the end of round seven. We, we, he when, almost stopped your when ass you, in round when, seven. When you stumble and have to acknowledge the stumble, that is an eight count knockdown. <laughs> uh, uh, let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. What round is it? Where are you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm in the ring. 
Let's go. We hey, look, we was this close from like a, a shocking, a shock, a grand opening, grand close. We were close to that. Because you know, what, you, we oh, we both know it can happen on the microphone in WWE. Like you lose it on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I, I take that back. <laughs> Karrion Cross was grand opening, grand closing. Oh, the Adam, Adam Cole. The, 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 yeah, the Cross and Adam of, Cole was grand. The lump of coal. Yeah. <laughs> was born. Out, the lump of coal was born out of that. That was grand opening, grand closing. L.A. Knight can recover from this. Lump of coal has doomed Karrion Cross, even in his Bam. return and hair growth. Doomed him. I, I don't. I just want. I just want some direction for everybody. That's all. That's what I want. I want everybody to have a, a clear, defined direction. And something to work towards, because this thing with AJ Styles is going on far too long. All right, let's speak. Speaking of uh, the WWE and things that's happened this week, we had a pay per view last week. We had SummerSlam, um, a premium live event. It was also on pay per view. Was it? It's a big five. It's definitely on pay per view. I don't do them shits no more. But, <laughs> hopefully, we never have to again. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> You feel me? You br- okay? Bring them back if you want to. I I digress. Well, dust off that BitTorrent site, boy. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Man, it's- listen, the 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 ghosts of internet pass. <laughs> if there, I was Joan, I was Joan of Arc in my former life. If 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 we could line up the ghosts of internet pass and open up the floodgates for one boy. day, boy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to. Winning Mex. I don't know if I'm going to Napster. I don't know if I'm going back to like the BitTorrent wrestling sites. I, I I don't shit. <laughs> yeah, Na- Napster was never a gold mine for me. Like it might have been for shit. other people. I, I I got in at the very very at the at the bitter end is when I got in, and that's when I also got introduced to Winning Mex. While people were on Bear Share and shit like LimeWire, I was on Winning Mex. LimeWire. That's the one they used to just have a whole bunch of mislabeled ass files. You you'd, wanna, spend, you'd spend days at a time trying because this is before like YouTube had the rabbit holes. You would like <laughs> if I wanted to see like when si, uh, when Hayabusa broke his neck, that fucking clip was mislabeled like sixty times. So I you had to download like eight versions of the same labeled clip just to actually see the real file. <laughs> just uh, that's how you know you've been outside before uh, and end up in this bitch simultaneously. Simultaneously. Oh man. Uh before I get any further, for the new pencil pushers, here's how you get a hold of us. Show at brokenpencilbc.com, brokenpencilbc at gmail.com. Those are the email addresses. Facts. At brokenpencilbc on any and everything social. That's at brokenpencilbc on what? Everything. 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 All right, now let's proceed. The yep. uh, the SummerSlam cards, uh, the official card kicked off with Logan Paul versus Ricochet. And although we got exactly what we wanted out of the match, we knew it was going to end in some bullshit. And it, it's going to further the storyline. But uh, I... I, I, I I don't. We, I w- we we knew what it was when it got booked. We were we were going for the equivalent of a spot fest. It was it was designed and predetermined for Logan Paul to get a win because so, he hasn't he, had one. He needed one, and then it was an opportunity 
for Ricocheted to to get over while not going over. Which to which you got to let the audience decide what you know what you enjoyed mic work wise. Mic work eh, might be time to figure out you know who can we put him with type thing. And then you know in ring, I mean you, I've when did we say this? Like how many episodes ago? Like. There's nobody who can do what Ricochet does even close to the way he does it. Probably about four episodes ago because the last two or three have been tournaments. So, yeah, it, it wasn't you know, long ago. I've been, I've been advocating for Rico to get a get a, some type of push for a while. But we got to hate they had to bring his lady into this, though. That That's just tacky, especially of considering her it, position. Who are you dealing with? I haven't had to say that in a long time. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> we are we are in the we are in the the national capital of tacky. <laughs> like tacky behavior is is what this business thrives on. Man, any, any opportunity to do something in poor taste and potentially get away with it, it's gonna be done. Do we have to go through all of the different names that? Okay, what was what was Walter's net full name gonna be before they did this thing with Gunther? Oh man, you uh, boat, you boat, Captain uh, Gunther Stark. Yeah, Google it. Get back to us after you know you read and do your Googles. Um, what else? What else has been done? It was almost done in poor taste. Hell, Vince McMahon's entire 2022 is in poor taste. <laughs> anytime, any anytime we can get out here and be tacky and be petty and you know all around assholeish. They're gonna take that opportunity, yeah, and the, this is no different. The leave and the return, tacky, just yeah. But this, all that aside, Logan Paul's match went on first for one specific reason. Right, Jake Paul was in Dallas to fight one of the stealing Diaz money. brothers. It's still stealing money to fight one of the Diaz brothers. He's gonna be stealing money. College pay is paid, and he left Detroit went to Dallas in the same gear he wrestled in and accompanied his brother in a fucking tank in mm-hmm. Dallas. Smell like a middle school locker room. <sighs> Fast forward. Done, done funked up somebody's jet smelling like a whole middle school locker room. We finally put a, uh, a bow on Cody versus Brock. Cody gets the win. And the, and the respect and admiration for one Brock Lesnar. After all this shit, all the injuries, everything he did to to torment his uh, his his dear sweet mama, Brock Lesnar shakes Cody's hand. I was right. I, I'd like to hit. Could you hit the bell for me, please? And I'll give you some of that too. I told people right after WrestleMania when all this pissing vinegar was going on about Cody not finishing his story yet. And then what they did the next night, starting with Lesnar, I said, he's going to be better off at the end of this than he was winning the Royal Rumble. At this point, winning the Royal Rumble was more of a, we don't have anybody else. It's almost a mistake because Cody had done great work before the pec injury, but that time off stopped the momentum because he didn't have all the other side missions necessary to put him in a position where he is the guy. He is very much on that road now. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of on the road, you notice how Cody sidesteps uh, Seth ever since his, his post-return match? He's never had to deal with Seth directly. Because that's not his goal. 
No shit. So that, and I'm glad they're doing it that way. That, Nobody wants that participation ribbon. Let's <laughs> say the irony of uh, oh, matter of fact, who 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 better? <laughs> Who, who who better to come out and challenge someone to take his title than Kung, Kung Fu Panda to the one person who keeps beating his funky ass every time they step in the ring and Cody Rhodes. Make it you make keep, sense. You keep this shit. I don't want it. Okay, but here, that, here's something that's, I that's the, That would be the shit if Cody was like, yeah, I don't want the title. I just want to beat your ass again. <laughs> Here's something I thought that was actually kind of cool. So, referencing back to the Bud Crawford, uh, Errol Spence fight. It was a unification bout for, you know, welterweight supremacy and to be the first person to collect all, all of the Infinity Stones. What if Cody's road to uh, challenging Roman at WrestleMania 40 included him winning the world championship and using it as bait for Roman. So he's he's already unified two titles. Yeah, your three versus my one, basically. Even though it's it's really only two titles, you have three belts. That, your three belts, you got three belts, one. absolutely. So you 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 flirt, you have Roman flirt with the idea of, of unmatched, unmitigated dominance. And then, but the whole thing is if you put Cody in that situation where he already has a belt, I don't know if you kind of temper the response for when he wins the big one. That's my only issue. Hmm. I'm still not sold on Cody versus Roman at 41. Well, 40. If it's 41, people well, 40. Right. I'm sorry, 40. You're right. Okay, well, okay. Mixtape. Give give me your top five. Who 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 is who's in line? If Cody ain't the guy, who's in line for Roman at WrestleMania 40? Give me your top five right now. I hate to say I hate to say this name first, Jay. Well, Jay, I, so I said that. I don't. I I said it. I believe it. I know the story's there, but I also feel like after what happened at SummerSlam. I don't know if the audience will tolerate another match between them. Because now at this point, they've headlined one, two, three. three another match at WrestleMania would be the fourth headline pay-per-view that they've had against each other. Yep. And it's been a gimmick match almost every time. Yep. So We had what, Hell in a Cell. We had I Quit. Hell in a Cell was also with a strap match. Like, you had a double, double fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the first match was the only one that was just a match then the hell in the cell with the strap and then there wasn't there another one after that the, well that the was third the one was when we just saw it yeah 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 so i don't i don't think i'm not sold or convinced that you can get that fourth truth be told outside of cody i don't i can't think of three others that are going to be worthy enough in in that time frame drew there's your problem drew we don't even know his status is going to become WrestleMania, and we don't know what his trajectory is going to be between here and there anyway, so it's not like anybody even gives a shit. See, with Drew, uh, reports are out that he has not re-signed 
Um, he came back and did some business, but is one of his holdout requirements is hmm. a fully fleshed out story. He wants something Roman esque, and which, which he can't I get that. Why? Because Roman story is based on real life shit. It's based it's on bad. him and his family. That that fits too. <laughs> but here's here's the thing about that. Oh oh hello. I don't, hello uh, here's the thing. I don't I don't necessarily think when he says he wants something similar to Roman that he wants a bloodline story specifically. It means I want compelling TV want, that that's sustainable. I want a plan. I want some creative, and I I, I feel like top five heels, top five baby faces all need at least one year of creative mapped out. Bar, one of those situations, barring injury, this is how your year is going to go. If you get hot, we will divert and do this. If not, we will stay the course with this and then reevaluate come New Year's Day. Just like what, just just like when for. just like when the civil rights movement happened and kids had questions to their grandparents about the end of slavery, right? Like just took a turn. The let no, the legends are dying is what I'm saying. So you have the opportunity in, in the creative uh, aspects to go back and talk to these territory uh writers, those who actually care to still have conversation with you those who you care to have conversation with you have a limited window of opportunity to go back and figure out what went right during those times and recreate greatness i ain't saying you have to go redo like go reinvent the damn wheel what i'm telling you is you need to refresh your paper that you're on even even backwards even if you don't take the time to go talk to you know the forefathers of booking you have an entire network catalog to go through to see what worked and what didn't and knowing there's nothing new in wrestling it's just being reformatted and knowing that what you saw back in the day through the tape libraries was booked backwards some for a year back some from like six months three months even a month but it was booked backwards from the finish to the beginning quentin tarantino where where do you want this person to be at the end of this one year period so if so you're booking say for WrestleMania 40. You've booked your finishes. This is where you want these people to be cemented. And then you work backwards. Or in this case, if we said WrestleMania 41, this is what we want. So then starting the day after WrestleMania 40, that creative goes in, into into effect. That's This is what we're working towards because we have a plan. Roman's the only one out here with a plan. This we had this conversation you know, one or two episodes ago about who else in the company has compelling creative that you care about. The only like, person for me right now is Gunther, and that's only because the title reign. We we got to see him break Honky Tonk's Honky Tonk Man's uh, title reign. That's it. So boom, boom, you can put him on the list. You're not putting Cody on there, but you can put you can put Walter on the list. So who else? Uh, on your list? On my list? Yes. Uh, I, mean, I, I got I got you too. I got you, Jay. I got you, Walter. I don't even know who else I can put on there. I, no, no one else is. We haven't got a good enough job of of, of making stars. You're proving my point as to why it's gonna be Cody. But continue. No, I, absolutely. I, I'm not saying it's not. 
I'm just saying. But you, were, I, you were like, you weren't convinced. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I mean, but I, like I said, I'm not convinced. But like, there is nothing else compelling that tells me it's a perfect timing for this instrumental. Uh, nothing else compelling that that tells me that it's, that's going to happen. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. So I mean, I had, yeah, that's not going to happen, rather. So if I had to put together five piece tenders from Williams, uh, brown gravy, please. Uh, strawberry soda and then give me a side of jalapeno poppers if I had to put that shit together like this I'm looking I'm gonna agree with you Jay should that's be a, on that list that, that's a real degenerative menu go ahead man look <laughs> we, are, we outside <laughs> we, this is a, this. there's nothing health conscious about that particular selection there's no way you pull into that parking lot thinking you know what I'm gonna count carbs today when I, when I tell you about the things that I haven't sent you go ahead go ahead Exactly. Now, now that highbrow shit that we be doing in these group texts totally different. However, I'll put Jay on that list. I, I feel like the story is compelling enough that he should be the one. Cody is an obvious one because he just has the momentum. If Cody didn't exist, it would be Jay without a question. But Cody is doing all time babyface work, especially for this modern era. The story exists for Seth Rollins. Same, same premise as, as if Cody walked in with the championship. Basically, you're going to do a another unification bout. Valter, just because, because Valter is a, is a is a performer and a character that if he changed absolutely nothing other than the people he was beating the shit out of, <laughs> he'd be a face. No, look at it. He's, listen, he's, listen. He's, you you say that. But him beating the shit out of people, by the time he gets to 455, he may be a face by default doing the exact same shit. The same thing All I wanted for Sheamus three change, years ago. All you do is change the opponents because he says the ring is sacred. He's loyal to his crew. They don't cheat very often. Gunther gets clean wins against everybody. Na and he's there every week. Nasty, clean wins with a stacked power bomb for a finish. How old school is that? Uh, all I'm saying, so he's on the list, and then a fifth. I'll do it because the internet will be happy about it. <laughs> I'm I'm a little less uh, I'm a little less convinced of it now. Now that I saw the Miz get busy real quick, but LA Knight because he he's the guy that the internet and that the the fan base has picked and anointed. But will he win? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no, he won't. I don't look. Okay, I don't know what you could do for him creatively between now and January, other than giving him a win in the Royal Rumble. No, nope. would prepare him nope. for that space. Not happening. Not happening. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't even argue for it. I, oh, okay. I would say okay. he should be like a final six. He should be. Maybe even final four. Final, I'll, say, I'll say final four. Force, let the fans think you're going to get what you want. But here's my next question. Now that you bring up the Royal Rumble. And okay. funny, funny that you, you mentioned that because LA Knight wins the Slim Jim Battle Royal that we talked about. And essentially becomes a made man in the process. Um, I get, Those those ads are going to be funny. Absolutely. They're going to be great. He's going to get some other money with that. He, he might Randy Savage himself with that. Who do you see coming out of the Royal Rumble? I don't think it can be Cody. I don't think it can be LA Knight. 
But Cody coming out of the Royal Rumble may be the only way that we get to Roman, unfortunately. Nah, nah. In in that in that respect, if Cody's the guy to get to Roman, just trust Heyman. Trust Heyman to make it work. <laughs> Period. Just just trust Heyman to make it work. In God MC we trust. <laughs> oh, and and if, and if okay, take uh, take LA Knight off as the sympathetic pick. He can be the honorable mention. Damian Priest is the fifth. Ooh, because no. he he always has an opportunity to pounce. Think about this too. How about this shit? Damian Priest wins the Royal Rumble. Oh, oh. Damian Priest wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Roman, loses, and he still has the Money in the Bank contract. I say Damian <laughs> Priest wins the Royal Rumble, chooses to go against Seth, beats him, and then shows up at the end of the night to cash in on whoever Roman's dealing with. And he's going to be close enough to home to where that shit blows Look, if this was an if we had an international WrestleMania fucking around, like this would be epic. Uh, It's Philadelphia. uh, (laughs) It's Philadelphia. (laughs) It's Philadelphia, bro. Like that's gonna play into it as well. Like that's one of the more opinionated crowds in in the United States. They're going to have a say about how this goes. It is a wrestling town, but it's also a sports town. And all things are real. It is also a open scab in sports history. (laughs) It is sepsis for sports. It it is a toxically (laughs) infected wound. It is a staph infection is what that bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) It is a (laughs) bandage-dripping sore. It is Terry Taylor's head wrapped in tape after a match with Kamala. My God, today. It is Finn Balor's forehead after WrestleMania 39 in Hell in a Cell. It is it is Randy Orton's forehead after a match with uh, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. It is, it is the back of mankind's head after Royal Rumble 99. It is Brock Lesnar's head after a match with Cody Rhodes in Puerto Rico. <laughs> it is Randy Orton's head after SummerSlam main event with Brock Lesnar. I just said that. Did you? Yes. Well, fuck it. It's uh, Triple H's arm after uh, a WrestleMania uh, semi-main event with Brock Lesnar. I'll bottom, I'll bottom line it with this one. It is Abdullah, Abdullah the Butcher's whole career. <laughs> Work that job, mijo. Work that job. <laughs> All right. Um, oh shit! Here's a black eye on the uh, SummerSlam. All right. An MMA rules match: Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. And uh, I-, I didn't see Ronda quite losing like this, but it looks like the one that came out worse for wear was Shayna Baszler. Understand what the intention was. The intent, the intention was to put Baszler over in the most gutsy fashion possible. One, you shouldn't have put MMA rules on top of this if you weren't going to go with the MMA aesthetic. Because visually, okay, when they changed Fight Pit to what Riddle and and Seth Rollins did at Extreme Rules, that's not. The fight pit of NXT. The fight pit of NXT is something a little more akin to Ken Shamrocks. 
Not even that, because I mean, Lions Den was a, essentially a smaller octagon. Right, right. There you go. Which I would have taken that, like especially okay, it's SummerSlam. We talk that would be that that happened in '98, so it's it's an homage to a previous SummerSlam. We talked about the kissing cousins thing on the last uh, last episode. On the, you know who ain't gonna win? Like I just I don't understand the I don't understand the logic of putting MMA rules on this but not giving a visual for the fan to adapt to. That's, and it, and I just didn't want to see Ronda Rousey. Every every MMA company not named UFC uses what type of uh what type of fighting arena? Some sort of uh multi-sided shape. It's a ring. She's usually yeah. a circle. You just see something ra- something wrapped in cage. The UFC is the only one that has an octagon. UFC is uh, well, WWE is synonymous with having UFC talent come in from the octagon. Matt Riddle, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler. You, you could you could have cinematically pre-recorded this and done gone back to Raw Underground. You could have gotten the fucking octagon by name. You could have, but you know. <laughs> you Again, could've, you could have got Big John McCarthy there. Again, if this was. What year was WrestleMania 34? 2016? No, that was the uh no 2018. So if this was 2018 or 19, people would be absolutely engaged with this. But Ronda Rousey's second run has been fumbled to the point of no return, and people are disinterested. As much as they want to see Shayna Baszler do something bad to Ronda Rousey. They don't care enough about Ronda, Ronda Rousey to sit through it. I think the next time we see Ronda Rousey is going, probably going to be at a Hall of Fame uh, uh, acceptance speech. Does she really get a Hall of Fame induction at this point? We've already talked about her having one of the most uh, elaborate uh, debuts for an outsider at WrestleMania. This is true. It's just, you know, the world we live in. It's what have you done for me lately? You're only as good as your last song. And that last song sucked. <laughs> the whole the whole sophomore album sucked. She had the sophomore <laughs> jinx. So now you're going to have to buy, you're going to hype Williams and, and a whole bunch of celebrity features buy your way back into the good graces. People didn't want to cheer you when it was, when it was made for you to be cheered. They end up cheering the per- they end up cheering the person that you should be getting booze for. But see, this is why someone like Drew is like, look, if I'm gonna resign with you for long term, I need to know that I'm gonna be taken care of creatively. There is nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with Drew McIntyre as a as a talent, as an in-ring talent. He looks the part, all of the above. You're not giving him compelling creative to make him compelling to the audience so they wanna see him. And you, if you could do that with Ronda Rousey, who is literally a worldwide star and a legitimate fighter, if you can fumble that bag, then obviously, if I'm Drew, of course I want you to put something on paper that I that I agree with. Same way Bray Wyatt came in with his negotiation tactics before whatever happened that derailed it. He was like, look, I need this, this, and this. Now you fucking ran fired one of those, but... It is what it is. Here, here we here we go with the with the uh, the, the mid show messages from the from the missus in three, Uh-oh. two, one, send. Okay. All right. 
we're good. Market. No, no, we're good. We're good. It's cool. Um, what's next? Seth Rollins. No, Gunther versus or Walter in our house versus Drew McIntyre for the IC title. We we again. we knew who was going to win, and again we just talked about it. Nothing compelling for a year, um, and it, I think it needs to be for at least a year in order to make him say, "Okay, I'll resign." But it needs to be resigned for a year. You you can't. We're in an era that you can't just use matches as leverage. Leverage, yeah. Like you need people need story, especially for dealing with people who are Stanford centric. I was just watching a, um, a AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. And they okay. made they made mention of um uh Hikaru Shida. Well, she won the title. This is her second title reign uh for the AEW Women's Championship. Now the first title reign was her carrying the company on her seems back. Like really, seems like really odd timing, but yeah. During the pandemic. And now she was able to win it in a uh, in, in an arena full of uh, full of fans to, to take the title, possibly you know across the waters and defend it at all in. So Tony Khan did for Carl Sheeta what WWE still hasn't done for Drew McIntyre. There, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's exactly where I was going with this. <laughs> and then here's the, here's the 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 flip side of that coin. I don't think Drew would get any better creative if he went to Jacksonville. Like that's not their thing. And he's so big at this point, pause, that if he goes back to impact, he'll he'll jump off the screen compared to the talent they have there now, not named Moose. Man, take your talents to Japan and quit bullshitting. Don't don't do that. Don't don't I'm not why I'm not gonna follow you if you go back over there. I'm just gonna tell you now. I'm not following you over there. No. It's too it's too much wrestling to watch in a week anyway. Now you gonna have to do something really incredible over there. <laughs> Like you gonna you gonna need the greatest creative of wrestling history, which that that spot's already occupied. I ain't gonna be able to do it. I'm not gonna follow you over there because no, nah, no, thank you. The Drip God Kung Fu Panda Seth Rollins versus uh, Finn Balor for the world title for the Participation Trophy World Championship. Um, the the battle of seven years continues on, and and Finn is still salty about what happened to him winning the first. Universal title and then not being able to defend it due to injuries caused by Seth Rollins. Let that man finish his story. See, and this is another one where the dirt sheets lied, where they were like, "This is going to be a shorter than normal title reign for Seth Rollins." Six months later, where where are we? Face face of the cha- face of the network. Huh? Is, what? When you that's a that's a lot. Remember remember when he was in the middle of the U.S. title hunt. When that was all that USA had, this is this yeah. is Seth's thank you for being the Iron Man of Raw. Participation ribbon. What, whatever I said it. <laughs> Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair versus Oscar. Oscar loses her title to Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair uh, teases of heel turn. But man, she actually pulled out the victory only to have it uh, throw, taken away from her with a cash in. So, your winner, Women's World Champion, for the first time, Mrs. Money in the Bank, EO Sky. And joining her 
was uh, Dakota Kai and Bailey. Oh, MVP is Bailey on this one. Bailey came in with that briefcase and cleared the whole aisle out. <laughs> Knee blocking like Zach Martin. Please pay this man so he can get back in camp. I, there were so many, so many ways that could have gone in Bailey's favor, and and, just, and she decided to take the the highest role possible, and she played the the best blocking offense I have seen in a long time in a faction. If not ever, that shit was amazing. What she did was fucking amazing. Go back and watch that. Just the running of nothing else, the catching of nothing else, because that was that was phenomenal. Um, I just I like the fact that 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 Uncle Trips decided to roll the dice. He, he went in a different direction. We didn't get yet another rain for um for Chick Flair. Right. Not and, even a win for that matter. Yeah, and, like I, I I like that. Now, of course, you know at some point the Chick Flair is coming. This is just Bianca getting her lick back. Yeah, she she gonna get her lick back. This is just how how things are set up. How, when, and in what format that's remains to be seen. But we're not gonna go too much longer without Charlotte Flair wearing a belt. It's just it's just life. <laughs> even if she has, <laughs> for real. even if she has to go to Raw to get it. That's another person who like on the next the next uh, set of negotiations really needs to put in for some you know specified creative because that i feel like her career has been sandbagged by not having proper creative not just sandbagged she probably has among the shortest combined title reigns for anybody actively wrestling across all uh all uh, all organizations stat padding when in doubt flare it out <laughs> Oh shit! Then the main event in uh, Tribal Combat: Roman Reigns defeats Jey Uso with a turning Jimmy Jimmy Uso on his brother. Not sure how I feel about this totally. Like I knew we were gonna get here. I don't know if I'm completely on board with how, but I know we here. And then <laughs> all, when all else fails, trust Heyman. I, I was Before, I was like. You knew you, something told you we weren't going to get it because we didn't get it in Canada with Sammy because you don't win at home. Number one, uh, we also we just knew like even though I predicted that Roman wasn't going to win, I just knew that he was. I just wasn't expecting it to be Jimmy because I said bring out the other cousins or bring out some cousins. I didn't realize it was going to be Jimmy. I knew Jimmy was going to show up, but I didn't realize it was going to be in this fashion. But the dope shit is. What made me feel even more confident about this decision with Roman was in the press conference after the uh, the pay-per-view. Mm. Heyman was asked, what inning is it? And he quickly replied with bottom of the third. Man, listen. If we're playing baseball and we're just 33% done with the game that we're watching that has been going on for three years... And we don't know what the future holds. And Heyman is basically on board for all of because he said he he didn't have any plans after after Brock. But he's been here for three years since Brock and had Brock in the middle of this. He's, he's turning in his masterpiece. He's, he's, he's turning in his WWE masterpiece as far as creative is concerned. So when in doubt, trust Heyman. Um, I... This story 
can and will continue post Roman title reign. When Roman when when Roman eventually wins or loses the title, this story can continue because why? It is dripping and draped is draped up and dripped out in real life. You know what I'm talking about. And you have a literally you have a who's who of wrestling past, present, and future that you can inject into at, this story at, at any given time. Any given time, and they are real life related. Let alone if you decide to pull another outsider in and elevate them. Because I actually I heard somebody was like, "Well, it's only them involved. They don't bring anybody else in and elevate." <clears throat> Sammy, the fuck was he doing before he got tied up with the bloodline? He was having gimmick stunt matches with Johnny Knoxville. Mm, one mm, full mm. one full year on the island of relevancy and then look where Sammy was. Now what he's done since then kind of gives you an idea of like um this is what happens when you don't have the type of creative that's going on at the top of the card. You have no direction. You just you back to doing what you were doing before. And now your partner hurt. Now you got a baseball size knot on your elbow. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> you stupid they fuck. They didn't even swap y'all belts out. They didn't even swap the belts out. We still carrying around them them damn nickels. We still carrying around them damn nickel bags. Them's dying. Level up. <laughs> man, t- tell Unc to get you a 3-5. Oh, man. Oh. It's terrible. What what else, what else do we have going on here outside of that? Uh, before we start going around the world of wrestling, uh, you feel me? Vince Vince has uh, has has taken a medical sabbatical for reparations on his back. Yeah, some sort of some form of spinal surgery, which at his age is that's brave as brave as all get out, but not so, nearly as brave as doing that. And relinquishing, well, not relinquishing, but stepping away from the actual arena and still being handed a grand jury summons? <laughs> that phone that phone still work, my boy. So I don't want anybody to believe that Vince is not involved in what's going on and what you're seeing. That phone still work. The text messages still go. And I guarantee you, at some point, he learned how to use FaceTime. He will be heard. Until he's no longer able to make noise. Yep. So now this 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 lawsuit stuff. I mean, it's not the first time Vince has been called into court. Probably won't be the last at this point. So, yeah, he either finna be lighter in the pockets, or none of these are criminal suits, though, right? Like, but he is being investigated by. I take that back because he's being investigated by the SEC. Right. So there, there's some criminal element to this. Just it not. It's going to be more white collar than anything. I don't know if they put him put a dicky suit on him and then like. <laughs> I mean, those y'all know the difference between the orange jumpsuit and a dicky suit. Y'all know the difference. <laughs> one, one, one is one is for the, one is for like what one, one's for like, local. One, yeah, there's, no, actually, there's no, local, no, I'm sorry, locals. no, there, 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 there's, there's local and there's, there's state uh, and there's federal. Well, well, there's different degrees of federal, too. Facts. <laughs> so he, he may, he may go in there with some damn, uh, with, with some shit, some red monkeys on or something. <laughs> he, he's 
he's, he's going to the part where you know, one of the homies can come in and swap shoes with you during the visit. Like he, he's going to minimum security. Cooking like, cooking it, pasta won't come from a bag, and it also will be supplied with cast iron. He'll go to the same jail Martha Stewart went to. Camp Cupcake. Fact. <laughs> and that's like if somebody doesn't negotiate, air quotes, house arrest. Like, how do you really give house arrest to a 70, 76, 77-year-old man? It's like, all right, cool. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Now I have all the time in the world to sit here and keep fucking with my, with my son-in-law. Keep making this shit. It is day harder. Oh man! <laughs> get, get well soon, you know all that, all that stuff, you know. Stop your foolishness. Well, I guess it's too late to stop the foolishness because you're getting served for your for your past ills. But you know, yeah. Hell is you? <laughs> hell is you asking for? <laughs> um, you asking for ribs at a vegan spot? What are you doing? Nick Nick Aldis came back for Slammiversary and and uh, lost in a match against Alex Shelley for the Impact World Title. Mm. Um, was it Alex Shelley or Chris Saban? I forgot. I think it was Alex Shelley. Shelley. Okay. Yeah. Make sure. Make sure I'm right. At least one of these guys. I know. At any rate, we fast forward to that, and Nick Aldis is the man without a home, and a door was opened up for him at Stanford. Just not in the ring. Just <laughs> Bruce Pritchard <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> boy said I don't see him as a superstar and guess what you ain't gonna see him as a superstar unless I'm unemployed (laughs) no dogs allowed hey look I wouldn't even sweat it right now you should be able to run up on Tony Khan and get a quick payday for all in like like he he could get a one year run out of just being in this just being around actual factuals look at this point if, if WWE done come on with the come on and there's really a contract expiration that's looming. Throw together a British supergroup right quick. Like give me, give me oh, Drew and Nick Aldis, and then oh, don't do that. Oh yeah, man, give me, give me some international pimping. <laughs> so give me the international players anthem. Give me Aldis. Give me uh, McIntyre, Osprey. Come on, and you know who's managing well, Pac, them? Pack Pac ain't doing shit. You got, Put him on there. You, you know who's going to manage them, don't you? Who that? Nigel. Run the play. <laughs> now, Nigel, no. Get him. Like, what get, is Nigel doing right now? He's doing, he's doing commentary. commentary. Taz managed Team Taz. I mean, this is AEW. This ain't the E. I mean. And Aldis is only working one day a week. I'm confident that that group can talk well enough that they don't necessarily need Nigel McGinnis, but it could work. You can't tell me that he wouldn't add more spark to that fire. I gotta see. I mean, Osprey, Osprey would be, Osprey is the Butch Reed of of, of UK wrestlers right now on the wait, microphone. Wait, what? <laughs> Justify? Wait, what? Justify this? So you gotta no, you can't British, just say something British, like that and not explain. British wrestlers speak with this this certain vernacular, certain diction, right? And uh-huh. like, a la Regal, bruv. Os- That's who should have been Would have been Willie. Osprey on the bruvs and the, where where he's from in in London or where, wherever wherever he's from in the in in the UK, his his diction is that of someone who is from this from the dirt like he's from the soil. Facts. And he he's 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 saying everything but let me tell you something, boy. He's saying everything but that. 
every time he says bruv. And he, uh, it makes so, it hard for him to understand to a lot of people who aren't privy to that style of uh, British dialect. So check this out. What if... <laughs> Uh, this is hilarious. So, what if, if you created basically a great value judgment day? Because Soraya ain't doing shit with the outcast. So, take that same group of four I just put together and let Soraya be a mouthpiece. I don't know if it'd be a great value because if you make Soraya the mouthpiece of that group and she shits all over whatever the fuck she's doing now, it makes it a win. It completely levels them up from the gate. All I'm saying is you have opportunities to create better content. These are just these are just phenomenal feats. Soon to be. A phenomenal feat. It will slice off some of this broken pencil knowledge and put it on your plate. I wasn't supposed to hit that thing that loud, but it, it just kind of happened, but it was perfect. <laughs> That's what she said. That is what she said. Hey, yo. Uh, hey yo listen <laughs> listen <laughs> uh where, where, where do we want to go here next um as i look at these oh shit we, well i mean we've already we've started talking about aew for all the wrong reasons uh right since all, we talking about putting it in wembley <laughs> all in 2023 has matches finally and like that was my whole thing about this was what are we going to build to and literally in one night we got five matches confirmed so run down the five we have confirmed i do remember last week the world title match being the first announced all right on the buy-in we have aussie open mark davis and kyle fletcher the roh world tag team champions taking on better than you baby mjf and adam cole now, why this is on the buy-in, I do not understand. Make it the first match of the actual pay-per-view, but putting it on the buy-in, that wouldn't have been my call. I, so, I don't know if it was part of the bullet points as as uh, in Adam Cole's promo, or if the fact that he decided that he wants to sell the uh, the pay-per-view. It makes it makes more sense to me when I tell you like this. Where are they going on their individual match, which is another match that's already on the card, MJF for the uh, for the AEW Championship, uh, defending against Adam Cole. Where is that match going on the on the main card? Until I hear something else, there's gonna be it should be last. Which means that this this tag team title match should be the last match of the buy-in, in my opinion. I said, for last, we're almost splitting hairs. Last match of the buy-in, first match of the pay-per-view. I, I, I What's agree. the difference? About 30 minutes. Prep time. Re uh, recuperation time, which can mean a lot. Okay, look at it like this. Last match of the buy-in, and you're wrestling the last match of the pay-per-view, you have more of an opportunity to get cold. There's no advantageous way to look at this. If I mean, yeah, you are wrestling twice in one night, and both 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 matches are pretty prestigious matches, if I must say and the so. And the first match you had went 30. So chances are this one's either going to go 30 or longer because this is AEW, and there's a different in-ring presentation. We could possibly get a Broadway out of those two to close the show with MJF winning with, by default as being the, the champion. There's I that mean, too. I mean, we've seen how many times how many time limit draws and world championship matches in AEW? What two? In four I, years? I lost. I stopped counting. 
But you you do get you you've had more time limit draws in AEW in the last two years than you've had in wrestling in the last twenty. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In, in televised American wrestling in the last twenty. So, yeah, something does have to happen with this, though. I don't think you can. I don't think you can go through the night without somebody showing a hand. Mm, buy in, all in. Look at you. All right. Uh, FTR versus uh, the Young Bucks for the. I'm here every week. I'm here every week. (laughs) FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, That match. uh, That probably I may be the semi main, but they Young Bucks like to go on early, and I don't and I don't. I don't mind. They like to get their shit in. They like to make sure they get all their shit in, brother. I just don't want to see two tag team title matches back to back. I just the way the way my wrestling is set up, I don't need to see that. I can I can almost guarantee you that won't happen. Okay, good. Uh, I can one hundred percent guarantee you that because the the young bucks are very calculated about how the how and when they place themselves on the card, so it, it'll absolutely not be very close to any other tag team match, and it won't be so far towards the end that they don't have all the time that they want to do all the shit that they feel like they need. This is essentially the entire elite has has resigned with AEW. For those of you who don't know, they all have new contracts. They all signed extensions. This match is essentially their reward for uh, for resigning. It's like it, we're gonna celebrate with another, <laughs> feel the excitement. We're gonna celebrate with another tag title reign since we we finally resigned here. So, which it kind of makes me sad because I'm like the money would have been in the six man tag match. Yep, absolutely. P- Punk and FTR versus versus the Elite. That would have been that's where the money was. And then you could have you have a pay per view right after that. You go from all in to all out. And all out, you could have done the the tag title match. I mean, I guess you can still work backwards. You can do you can reverse them. You can do the tag title match here and then get the six man tag at all out. Since that's kind of where that's the one year anniversary of shit popping off anyway. But you know, I figured you, you know you got eighty thousand on the line. You putting it in Wembley. Like, let's let's make some headlines. Right on. Uh, for the AEW Women's Championship Fatal Four Way Match, the champion Hikaru Shida taking on Tony Storm, Soraya, and the winner out of uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and or the or or the Bunny. And we will find out who that's going to be after this weekend's wrestling event. So by by the next show, we'll have this match set for you. Um, and then Storm, Storm Sheeter, DMD, and uh, who was the other one? I'm, I'm calling the four. <laughs> Soraya. Yeah, and Soraya. Soraya, Soraya. Soraya. No, that's Soraya. I said Soraya, but Soraya, yeah. And, and we're getting ready to recrown DMD. This is me. Needed. This is me calling shots. Needed. Um, it's shameful because uh, Sheeta, actually, I would like to see DMD crowned at. Uh, all out versus all in. But that's just me. Um, you no, know, there's no way they crown Soraya. At, no, uh, no, that no, no. I, I I'll leave that. No, I'm only I'm not gonna even put that in the air. Um, you might as well because we're all thinking it. Soraya at home wins the AEW Women's Championship to defend it against DMD the next week at All Out to lose to DMD. I don't want to see this title change that this many times. Why? Why does it need to be? It doesn't. Okay. <clears throat> this is a perfect time for me to for us to go through what I've under, come to understand about AEW. 
if you've watched the last 40 years of American television <laughs> when it comes to professional wrestling, you've been conditioned to think about things sort of one way. And it's it's episodic. It's a uh, storyline build and climax. It's um, if you go by the Eric Bischoff uh, school of booking, then it's like 12 weeks at a payoff. Um, or if you go back through the 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 annals or the annals of territory <laughs> wrestling, depending on what where you are and who you're dealing with, um, you know you you work towards a big payoff show, yada yada yada. It's just the the way the things. There's a natural progression of things. With AEW, it is very much indie wrestling with a big budget. Storyline sometimes matters, sometimes, and it, it's more so, it feels like more so when the talent themselves come up with an idea for a story. But if you watch the, the television shows, you just look from week to week, you're just booking a card of matches every week. We're not following any sort of story arc type thing. We're not having the exact same people featured in a way to get them over. It's just here this week at that championship wrestling. <laughs> see, see this card and next week we'll do something else. So when you watch AEW for a lot of it, you have to, you have to decondition yourself from all the other wrestling you've watched for the last 40 years and realize that real life this is like going to an indie show the budget's just really big <laughs> really 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 it's just a really really big budget and a whole lot of highly paid talent with an indie format that's it and if you can rationalize that you can enjoy the product way more and those are your five matches for all in that have been booked so far oh no that's that's four here's the here's the fifth one Darby Allen and Sting versus AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. Really? And, oh, you, you're not you're not ready for this. Alright, come on with it. Tag team coffin match. The fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, okay. Perfect, 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 perfect. A perfect example of what I was just talking about. Were we not a couple weeks ago on Dynamite going back and forth and talking about the fact that Chris Jericho and Sting have never had a one-on-one -on -one match? So don't you think a really good idea for this humongous stadium show that you have coming is to finally cash in on what you've been talking about? Sting versus Jericho one-on-one. -on -one? Don't you think that would have been a great place to book that? Now we got a tag team coffin match. What the <laughs> entire fuck? <laughs> I mean, hey, look, no disrespect to AR Fox. I don't necessarily have to have him involved like that. He could have been, you could have given me Darby versus Swerve again in a coffin match and just had AR Fox either at ringside or get involved because you know Nick Wayne's going to be there somewhere. He might be the one to open up the coffin door or some shit. He might be in one of the coffins for a spot. Easy peasy. Like what? It, it's indie wrestling with a big budget. Can, it is. I just can't believe Sting is involved with this. I, 
What I mean, what else he gonna do though? Chill. Other than what 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 I just laid out, like Sting just having a good time at this point. Like, look, the checks clear every week. Is this where you want me? Cool. I clock in. You want me there at, at five thirty? I'll be here at five. I clock in at uh, five twenty. Who, who retires Sting, Suave? He's supposed to be hanging up in, at the end of this year. Who retires him? Darby. I like that. I'm thinking Swerve. And sadly, sadly, that I, would be a hell of a, a hell of a resume point. Yeah, I just feel like you're the the writing is on the wall that it has to be Darby because Darby has to benefit from this relationship in the end. It's like HBK and and uh, and Flair. Yes, like HBK and Flair. Like uh, who's a, where's another one where like student turned on teacher type thing? Uh, That's essentially what this is. Student turning on teacher. Oh, back to the sportatorium days. Uh, Steve Austin turning on Chris. Uh, Chris, Chris Adams. Adams. Yep. <laughs> but it, it, it's very much in in that vein where Darby's been getting the rub this whole time. So if someone's going to get the rub for retiring Sting, it should be in the midst of a Darby Allen heel turn, which I think would actually be very, very entertaining. Let's see. And then where are we at here? I'm over doing too much. Oh, speak. Speaking of uh, people from the, from uh, the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> um, Dark side of the ring. We haven't really touched on that too much this entire season, but we finally saw the, uh, the finale of season four, which was so a pretty, in the can. pretty dark season. It was uh, you, it was shrouded in it was it was shrouded in controversy to start with because we didn't know what the outcome of Vice was going to be or, or the, the predicament Vice was going to be in it by the you know by this point in the year. But here they were, we ten episodes deep, we got it. And um, I think season two is way darker. No, season way. two is way darker. But I, I it definitely like it's like it's like probably never I, go back and watch dark. But so <laughs> you tell you you tell me you tell me what makes this season dark to you. Um, besides the name of the show, the end of most of the episodes made you f- almost forget what you watched the previous forty plus minutes going into the episodes. Okay. Um, we're talking like, every, like, like. Let me, let me. Matter of fact, let me pull up the uh, the, the list because Adrian Adonis comes to mind as far as like. His uh, <laughs> you and I had a nice text thread uh, in, in jest about his uh, his extracurriculars, <laughs> right? And then part of it for me just might be the fact that by now that we're in season four, I'm a little desensitized to the dark aspect because it's like you know, none of these end well, right. Um, None of these. Chris and Tammy I, was just a sad story. I mean, of course, we talked at nauseum. Tammy, Tammy's dark side episode is still going on in real life. Chris, fam, <laughs> fam. We even, if she, we even vowed to, we even vowed to never talk about her again. This effort has the nerve to have a brand a brand new Facebook page. I digress. Uh, Magnum TA story. This is the shit you can do when you're free. Magnum TA story. We all knew about. We just didn't hear the stories and like the backstories behind it. Which that was pretty eye-opening. 
the grams i asked for this in season one i got it and the uh the tales from the territories that actually, one yeah the tales from the territories was actually darker than this one and so if you really want to get deep into the gram uh gram saga go to tales from the territories matt born is that one's definitely dark but at the same time i think of the he who is not to be mentioned episodes yep and then even the von eric's episodes of something that either rivals or surpasses it in darkness continue matt born i knew from younger ages hearing it from people in passing that the name maniac fit and damn it this proves it um and I, I, mean, I remember living not too far from him when he passed away and so the story traveled through like you know local papers really quick and like online um jy jyd didn't exp- I, I i knew how he passed i didn't know right. the circumstances around his passing this it doesn't change how i feel about him it just changes the the outlook on you know like i knew i knew both i knew the circumstances around it and how he he passed i just wanted to hear for me i wanted to hear more how they told the story of why he was as big as he was because that's the part i had never heard told with any great detail so i wasn't watching for mid-south jyd i had never seen the jyd that made him a, a megastar i live I, yeah, I lived that in real time yeah the version i grew up with was the wwf version that the rock and wrestling version so that's according to everything that's past his prime um and we we'll talk about him here in a second too on, on another piece of this show um adrian adonis we just talked about abdullah the butcher <sighs> fuck that guy uh bam bam bigelow honestly I knew you i knew you was gonna go there honestly bam bam i, I think Dude. his episode he could have stand to have a two-parter um i would like to see more about his career and i guess that wouldn't yes. be a dark side of the ring but He's one of the most underappreciated talents in the history of the business. He always talk about how he was like the the prototype for a big man, for an agile big man, but they never really go into detail other than showing his his awkward moonsault, his quickness, uh, how he how he was the 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 same size his entire career from time he started to time he passed, and even the flame tattoos. They don't really go. I've never really seen people go into detail, and he there's shoot interviews out there that he's had, but. Just, I think he deserves a little bit more credit than he's been given. Um, he's one of those talents that you really would benefit if WWE produced a career career documentary on, like when they used to do DVDs. Yep. Where like you had the Mr. Perfect DVD, the Bobby Heenan, like everybody got their own working documentary. Like I think Bam Bam would really, really have benefited from that. Uh, Bash at the Beach was I, I I found that one to be one of the more comical yeah, uh, dark sides. It, it was it was a lighter shade of brown, if you will, or lighter shade I, of dark. I really wanted to hear the story because everybody involved is still alive. Yeah, and, and I think I think they did a good job of telling it to a point where we can understand the fuckery that was involved and understand like even though if this wasn't the, if this wasn't the Charlotte Brothers Camels back for WCW, how it could have been a catalyst to be the Charlotte Brothers Camels back. Uh, and then Marty Jannetty. We've talked about him on this show over the years too, uh, from getting topped off by Uber driver, uh, Uber Uber delivery driver rather, 
to him allegedly uh, making some man disappear for the first time. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be real with you. Marty Jannetty's episode was entertaining and hilarious to me because yeah, even it, when it got dark at the very end, it's like he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's what you know they say the good die young, and if you saw his ankle, he'd do just <laughs> enough dirt to stay above earth. <laughs> The good die young. I do just enough dirt to stay above earth. That's a jewel right there, Suave. Um, bar, son. Is there, is there, I mean, of course, stories are always being made. Is there enough material for a five, for season five? Are there other people that we're missing? Of course. Of course. Like, you named Tammy. That's an episode. <laughs> okay, mixtape. Mixtape. We'll come up, we'll come up with season five. We've already had Gino Hernandez. We need, we need Chris Adams. That's a dark side. Chris, yeah, Chris Adams by itself is a dark side. Um, the lawsuits against WCW. <laughs> That's a whole season. <laughs> it is a multi-episode season. Like it uh, is, but if you can, if either you can do them all in one episode, or you can do one on just the one that got hard work Bobby Walker paid. Oh man! It was like a it was like a racial uh, defamation, you know, racial discrimination suit. Like they've had quite a few, so that could go on a list. Um, who hasn't had their story told? The life is, of, is some people. The life and times of Bill Watts. <sighs> yeah, sure. Why not? Well, and, and, and I'm not saying that from like a career standpoint, more so than I am like like give some background in his career. But there are people that are still alive that were in uh, in Mid South that no longer speak to that man. And you know who is still alive? There's probably shit. Well, I know I ain't gonna speak to that man, Hank Aaron. Mm. Wait, Hank Aaron? His spirit's still alive. Just, just uh, go with it. <laughs> just go. Just go with it. Duh. Just run the reverse. Oh. Uh, just run the reverse. Let's see who else. Who else can we do? Um, uh, Pat what, Patterson. We I think I, I figured they already did him. Um, oh well, since since Vince uh, settled and paid out the the referee that he fired, the the lady the lady referee that he fired, they went ahead and settled. Mike McGirt. Tell that story. Yes, tell that story. Um. It's just most everybody involved in that story is dead. Wait, was it was it was it Mike McGurk? Because Mike McGurk, she was the first female referee in WWE. This shit happened like '86. It, it would all centered around the whole thing with the ring ring boy and Patterson and whoever else and who did and who didn't, who got fired, who got brought back, who was actually involved with it. Like that's a that's a dark side episode by itself. Timing of this one is actually pretty pretty terrible. But I mean, it's dark side of the ring, so I mean, fuck it. Uh, Darren Drozdov. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate I hate this because gang is involved. Oh, speaking <laughs> a whole lot of fucking gang shit. Never missed the opportunity to to, to shout the gang. Uh, I hate this because gang is involved. D'Lo Brown, and I'm sure he doesn't mind telling his telling the story to right. put a to put a period on the discussion. But I think that as a moment for Draws fans, for both from the NFL, professional wrestling, and post injury, well, I guess that would be three. Uh, 
a moment of closure, a moment of finality uh, in his recent passing. Who, who, who else you got, Suave? Uh, let's see. I had one in my mind and listening to you about Draws Off, which is, is a awesome, awesome pick. Um, I dropped it. I know who's going to be a dark... Well, I, I won't say that. I'll say they're living a dark side in progress. Hopefully that does not tailspin into the worst part. Jeff Hardy. Damn. You know what? That that may be the wake-up call he needs to see in cinematic format how all of his fuck-ups I mean to get pulled over in a town of which you're a fucking hero in I just I doubt he would sign off on that he may not have to I doubt he would sign off on it before he retires now, if he officially retires, goes into the private sector, and he's essentially living a cleaner existence, I think he might, maybe. You ever, you ever seen a show on Reels called Autopsy? Mm, I feel like I may have seen it before. It's it's a very... Uh, I can't call it... It's not the, the title is not accurate at all. It's Smoke and Mirrors. Uh-huh. You can't go and perform an autopsy on somebody after they're already buried. Not not without an exoneration order. And even even then it's a problem, right? right. So the call it show autopsy is misleading because it makes you think that you're going to get a bird's eye view into the actual autopsy of that person. It's about 40 minutes of conspiracy theories around the circumstances, leading to circumstances around the death and about five minutes about the actual cause of death, regardless of what that may be. Mm-hmm. They had they did one on Randy Savage. They did one on Bob Saget and something, something along those lines. And you have people involved in these people's lives that are probably no longer in these people's lives. Like if they were still living, they probably wouldn't have any factor, any bearing on their their validity and, and the relationship with that person. That said, you could you could do a bunch of like media digs, media dives into Jeff Hardy's criminal past and put together something similar if you really wanted to. Because how many times have we seen Dark Side episodes and they tapped for somebody? Here's here's one. The one that shall not be mentioned. Kevin Sullivan was tapped for it. He he refused to comment, but he's been in a couple of Dark Side rings. Yeah, he just he chooses not to to speak on that. The only reason I I look at this potential idea differently is you're going to have a large portion of that viewing audience look at Jeff Hardy as a success story unless something goes terribly wrong. Because all they're going to say is, well, he he cleaned up and got back into the business type thing. You're going to there are a lot of excuses that are going to get made in the process. To par- on behalf of Jeff Hardy, unless to, something else happens. To paraphrase Common and to quote Sean Price, y'all know how I met her. We broke up and got back together, then broke up and got back together. That's Jeff Hardy's career with professional wrestling. You've seen Matt Hardy's recent internet activity, right? Matt Hardy's? No. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm ashamed to say that I haven't. Because we talk about him heralding the uh, the virility of social media as a professional wrestler, as being a pioneer, if you will. 
But he's let's, in a, let's, he, let's just say in the year 2023, everybody's wearing rose colored glasses when looking at their own resume. <laughs> That's the easiest way to explain it. Shit in hot cotton. Rose, yeah. Like everyone's re- reading their resume behind rose colored glasses. So nobody remembers the dumb shit they've done. No one remembers any of the bad stuff. They're just, they're tallying stats kind of. It's almost you know how people try to make a case for the Hall of Fame without making a case for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like they start quoting their own stats type thing. Like that's pretty much where we are with that. And I haven't, I didn't see the match with the Young Bucks that just took place. I didn't hear good things though, because mm. the last one was what it was. It's just about that time. Like it's it's name only at this point, which. They've earned the right to just walk off into the sunset with no criticism, but how long are you going to stick around? Are you going to wait till some shit goes terribly wrong? <laughs> like, like, both of you have cheated death in the ring and out. Recently, recently cheated death. Not very long ago, Matt Hardy fell off of something onto some concrete with his head. Head first. Head first. Had his wife cussing up a storm on Twitter live during a pay-per-view. Out here loopy as fuck on pay-per-view. And this and this wasn't even in front of a fucking crowd. That's what made it even worse. And then they let you finish. They didn't Leaking. carry you. Leaking. Right. And then you got Jeff, the adventures of Jeff Hardy. Like, you pick one. <laughs> Just pick one. <laughs> So it involves a motorcycle. Yeah, there's about four of those. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, like they're one or two bad decisions from being Janetti. <laughs> like that's that's the shit that's crazy. <laughs> Marty Janetti is one or two better decisions from being a Hardy boy. Wow. Like in wrestling folklore, he's one or two decent decisions from being in that level of acclaim and I, I in never, turn I the never, Hardy Boys are one or two more bad decisions from being in Marty Jannetty territory before watch- Marty Jannetty is like after school special evil AJ Styles before <laughs> before watching that dark side with Jannetty I never would have imagined that cocaine and hookers would have been his downfall because did you see the mouth of that chick that was on that show uh, hey man listen her, I'm not here to her teeth are the color of your beard Same color scheme too. <laughs> well, well, um, dude, um, there you have it. Uh, let's see. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. It is a hell so of a drug. So the rest of them. Do I have anybody else off the top of the head I can think of for a dark side? Um, and I'm I'm reaching here too. Um, anything involving Vince? Anything involving <laughs> um, what's his face? Uh, Laurinaitis. Um, what what what's what's dude's name used to be talent relations there? Which one? Carano. Oh, right, Mark Carano. Yeah, Mark Carano. Um, oh, those are three separate episodes by themselves, and you can lump them all together. I was thinking something along those lines, like um, Dixie Carter. Well, okay, hold on. I'm I'm coming back to her because she she's on my list with another one, like another like a Tupac a Tupac Shakur. Um. The the, I guess you, this would be a tongue in cheek reference. The emancipation of Jerry McDevitt. 
He's just gonna do like a a career anthology of all the shit he's done. Yes, inside the fire. <laughs> I Be- can, you know what? I'm I'm I like that. I like doing a uh, basically giving Jeremy Jeremy McDivitt his flowers. It's like it's like you don't really deserve to sniff real flowers, but you deserve something for being able to navigate around the road filled with all the shit that you had to drive down. The hell you, the hell you say he don't deserve flowers. You know how much federal time he done took off that man's shoulders? That man, how many others for that matter? Exactly. That man is responsible for more prison time being dodged than extradition laws. <laughs> then, then snitching. <laughs> you feel me? You got two choices in this matter, homeboy. You call McDivitt or you rat. I'm calling McDivitt. Hey, Jerry. It's like it's like you walk into a lawyer's office. You see the picture of a man on the wall, and you think that he might be like an influential person, or like the first uh, client there. And as a client, you ask the attorney, like, why is he on the wall? He killed his whole family. Why is he on the wall? He didn't do any jail time. He was found not guilty. Why is he on the wall? I defended him. Oh, on the wall like like stuffed animals. (laughs) That's when he looked like. uh, That's when he looked like Peter Griffin. What? What? So why is he on the wall? I defended him like this. (laughs) Um, Dixie Carter. Joe Koff slash uh, um, oh, I would, I was uh, like Uncle, um, you know his name, uh, founder of ROH. Uh, Einstein? Nope, not him. Uh, you throw him, you can bu- you can bundle him in there too. Uh, but oh, that that whole chop, that the thing that busted all that apart, that that ring that got busted, all that. Um, Jerry Lawler, Carrie Carrie Silken. That's his name, Kerry oh, Silk. Yeah, Jerry Lawler is a dark side of the ring. Jerry Lawler's 1993-94 is a dark side of the ring by itself. Uh, there are so many aspects to that that to him, and then you also could. I don't, I don't know if there's enough enough people willing to tell the story of Brian Christopher Lawler to make a dark side of the ring. Um. I mean, shit. People start talking. When you start waving checks in people's faces, they start talking. Between Lawler, Dundee, like, like, I I mean, there's a Memphis wrestling episode, obviously, but then there's just the dark side. Yeah, Jerry Lawler's 1993-94 to where he made it to WWF was in ring, then commentary, then gone. No explanation pops back up in 94 WrestleMania 10 because something happened. Tell the story of what happened in between. You'll find out on the McDevitt episode. <laughs> you know what? Season 5 should just be dedicated to McDevitt. So every episode is going to be somebody that he kept out of jail. <laughs> so let me... Uh, I like it. Let's uh, see here. Uh, let me see... Evan Eisner, is that his name? I've heard that name before. Uh, he's one of the creators of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, Wait, has did Ahmed Johnson have a Dark Side of the Ring? No, I saw a picture of him recently. Oh, my goodness. I did, too. He, but I'm saying, his, 
his story is pretty involved too. So I think you know a dark side of ring on him would be, yeah, I think that'd be that you can get forty five minutes out of that. Evan Husney, Jason Eisner, holler at us whenever you y'all have a moment. Like let's let's rap. Like you know, we can provide some color to your commentary if you will. All puns intended. Nominal fee and all that. All of that. Uh, <laughs> every uh, last bit of that. Every last bit of that. Uh, speaking of darker sides of things, and not a darker side of the ring. This is this is Back actually a bright a bright side. Our uh, one of our most fabled characters and, and people on this show uh-huh. is celebrating his thirty one years as the recognized first black world heavyweight champion in Ron Simmons. 31 years ago in August, 1992, Ron Simmons beat Vader for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship at a house show. At a house show. And you would have never known it because of how television was produced and distributed back then at a fucking house show. So you ended up finding out on like the weekend shows on like WCW Worldwide. NWA Pro, WCW WCW Pro. Yeah, Yeah, like if you didn't watch the syndicated shows, it could be weeks before you knew whether or not something happened. This is pre-Monday Night Wars. This is like Clash of the Champions era. Like, Yeah, every every show was a tape collabo. Like you had like, like primetime was the best thing that you had going because you had Heenan and and, uh, Monsoon. But even that was a tape collabo. Like, and that was just, just the amalgamation of house shows that had commentators on it. I mean, that's all that was. Look, syndicated television in that era was basically, everything was a recap. Yep. Everything was just a recap show, getting you ready for the next big show. Well, we're trying to get you to get ready for the next paper. I, I just, well, I, I, don't, I don't know about a recap. Like, because you had uh, superstars and you had uh, worldwide. Which they were built, or they were built, they were taped at house shows, in some cases, multiple uh, locations, to put together an actual cohesive show that, that bled into, that read the storylines leading up to the next either major show at either Madison Square Garden or the, the Omni in Atlanta, respectively, or pay per view. But, like, what you're all American was like, like what you're talking about, where it was like a, a show. Where it was like a re- a full recap show of everything that happened that was notable that week with a little bit of seasoning with some some bullshit uh, some bullshit. When I say matches. when I say recap I'm, from the syndicated shows, I mean more in the aspect of we're gonna tie together the loose ends of whatever the current feuds and stories are. We'll show you like current matches and like we'll have stuff on the card, but every vignette or every non wrestling match commentary talking is about this is what happened here this is what we're getting ready for so we're pushing you towards say it be Halloween Havoc like everything about it because we're at that point in time we're not doing monthly pay-per-views everything's quarterly so we're pushing towards who's the next challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship who's developing a story with this pe- uh, these yep, people Yep. Go- going towards war games like who what faction is running roughshod who a team of baby faces is going to have to assemble to try to take down? 
So that's what more so what I mean by recap. It's like it's keeping you up to date with the developments of the story because you don't have you don't have live TV. You don't have very many events. All you're dealing with is syndicated television, and if you're actually going to house shows. So that's that. That's that. Um, is there anything else that we're missing? Um, I believe you think uh, Matt Riddle is being unfairly. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. What I said was okay. Okay, clarify. Okay, so. Oh. So first of all, give give context for what we're talking about. So for context, there is a uh, there's a report floating around the internet that internally in Stanford, the um, the feeling is that Matt Riddle, because of some of his lifestyle choices and some of his turbulent behavior in the recent past, he's not at the forefront of any push ideas. Like they've basically cooled off on trying to make him a bigger star or put him into a role where you would see his face on the posters type thing. He's um, he's plateaued as far as his you know career trajectory. What activity? Allegedly. What activity is allegedly leading to what you're talking about? The use of illicit street drugs, the uh, Rob Rob Van Dam, and and also that was the reason why he did not uh, get signed to WWE for so long, and also the reason though he was exited from the UFC. So they re- they relaxed the policy on the one thing that he's addicted to. Unless there's more involved that's popping up on wellness tests that no one's talking that no one's talking about. They did. You remember this this last stint where it ended up having to be a rehab thing? It was not a Yep. I just it was not about a weed that. it I, wasn't a weed thing. I forgot about that. Yep. Okay. So and that's okay. Yeah, so without getting too too far into the man's business, I mean he has he has a he's got some points on his resume that don't necessarily correlate with, with marijuana. Put the then you have put a put a pin ahead. in that statement there. Go ahead, give me another one. So then there's the the very ugly nature of his separation from his previous wife. Now, is he still married or is he going through the divorce? I think he's already officially divorced. Okay. I, I haven't that, checked for I, sure. but I, I, I haven't official. found anything that says that he is officially divorced yet. And I mean, cons- you know, and considering, sometimes people, people leave shit on paper. Who knows? Considering how nasty some of the things that I've been reading have been, I would not be surprised if that were the case. That, that they're that they're not officially divorced and still going through the motions. I mean, there's, there is a lot of ugly stuff going back and forth when it comes to child custody. It is quite to, it is quite unfortunate. It's a lot of dirty laundry. Behavior. Yes, it's quite unfortunate. And, and okay, you think about how it's like kind of scarce information now. Imagine if that's the WWE champion. Continue, continue. So then there's uh, the current relationship with a parent porn star. Not Again, just not just I mean, not just relationship, alleged impregnation. Right, they've moved very much forward in their in their vibe. They're they're very much you know taking the relationship to the next to the step. next level. Yeah, right. So um, Rob Van yeah. Dam again. Rob Van Dam um, had a had a really nasty divorce. Um, decide, uh, went, went into what could be deemed as a midlife crisis to me is just reliving the second childhood whatever and then end up getting involved with uh, romantically <laughs> involved with Katie Forbes also an adult entertainer 
to now, what but, people call now city, being a city boy or yeah. high, high, high boy summer. High boy summer. I believe he's I believe he's uh, married Katie Forbes at this point. I may be wrong, but either way, they are a very uh, tight knit item. Like you don't see one without the other. And I, I hear what you're saying, and I do understand the comparison that you're making. But to that, I ask this one question: When was the last time you heard Stanford thinking about putting money behind Rob Van Dam? Don't don't worry. I, I'll come back. I, I'll come back to it. Keep keep going. Uh, I mean that that's that's pretty much it. And I understand it from the aspect of: Are you willing to make this guy one of the faces of your company? considering what his current life status is here here's the disconnect that i have with all of this okay it's the ultimate double standard the man with the money is holding back the man who's who he's paying for doing the exact same shit at a lower level vincent kennedy mcmahon dealing with vincent kennedy mcmahon is doing the exact same shit that is, is is allegedly causing, well, allegedly doing the exact same shit. That's allegedly causing one uh, Matt Riddle to be held back, if you will. Do it as I say, not as I do. To the public, it's none of your fucking business. First and Who foremost, are you dealing with? Second of all, some aesthetically, like from a from a from a from a standpoint of investment and public appeal, yeah, some of these things don't make sense. You're absolutely right, but can't you turn negatives into a positive? Don't you have the ultimate spin committee in Jerry McDevitt? Like he's not done yet. Oh, he is done. He out of here. Oh, okay. Of year. If he say he done at the end of the year, that means he ain't in the office no more. But you, but I mean, but you got people there in the office that whether that can put a spin on just damn near anything. They can, but. With as many people as, as Stanford employs, why should I have to? I, if, it's next man up mentality. If you're not prepared to be in the light, I will put this light on somebody else who is. So, I don't have to wait for you. You, There's nothing about you that says I have to wait for you to get your shit together to put some money behind you and make you a star. Okay, cool. Define getting your define getting your shit together because I know I know it's a few things that, that are not going to happen. If he's not done with the divorce, it's not going to be done. Even if it's done anytime soon, it's not going to make the divorce go away. Him impregnating an adult entertainer, that baby's not going to just vanish. Right? And if he vanishes from the situation and he wasn't asked to or was wasn't forced to, then he's a bigger piece of shit than this article is making him be. So what is, what exactly is getting your act together? Like the drugs is the only thing he can really change about this situation at this point. They knew what okay, they, they knew what they were getting when they, they knew what the fuck they signed up for. Give me that part. No, weed is one thing. But when you, when it's Molly, when it's Coke, when yeah, it's yeah, a whole, yeah, yeah. when you out here basically having a midlife crisis, like your your home life fell apart, so I'm gonna go wife up a porn star, do all the drugs and do all the fucking, because that's essentially what you've done. Yeah, cool. That's your life decision, your life, your choice, your body, your choice. As we say, what? But you, but again, you, you can stop the drugs, but you're not going to stop wifing somebody for the sake of your career, and that's it's, especially when there's a baby involved. That child ain't do nothing one, to you. One, he wouldn't be the first or the last. 
Two, I agree that's still not a reason. Who you choose to be, air quotes, in bed with is not a reason to have your career stall. However, we've seen it and we, we will see it again as time goes on. Here's the issue with it. All of these things are fine until your face is on a poster that we are trying to use to garner revenue. Mm. And then in a public space, when we are doing PR, we have to spend time talking about your life choices mm. rather than the event and or merchandise we are trying to sell to these people. Mm. Because the, the morality police don't take days off. You, you know, you know, the easiest thing Matt Riddle could have done to make this situation a, a, a full blown positive, even with all the negativity, made the public smell his cologne a la Chad Butler. Such a okay, explain. If he had got ahead of the situation, like when 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 the shit hit the fan, and he started getting blowback, like I I haven't seen any blowback from this article, and I haven't seen the the, the any blowback that led to this other than the actions themselves, just hearing about it in passing, right? But suppose someone brings smoke to him about this, and he brought smoke back, and that got public. Like nothing, I mean, it, nothing, nothing's louder than the loudest shot. Right, because we say all the time, what's the difference between the lie and the truth? Lawsuit. Cool. Totally understood. And if if Matt Riddle wanted to take that approach, I would completely support the idea that I support speaking up for yourself, especially when you feel like you've been wronged. Yeah. But if the shit's really happening, shut the fuck up. Just, <laughs> just let Ignore this shit play out. So, right. So when you say, what can he do to, air quotes, get his shit together? We need six months where we don't hear shit bad about you we don't hear nothing about drug use we don't hear nothing about being upset about your space on the card you it's literally and i'm sure triple h would would and could explain this to him because he's been in that situation before from a professional standpoint you're gonna because of stanford and the way that they conduct business again who are you dealing with eat shit learn to like the taste of it until they decide they want to do something with you and or your your contract expires. Mm. But at this point, no one is willing to take the risk because that's what it is. It's risk of putting you in a prominent featured position when you have the ability to make the news at any point. Let's uh, <laughs> you, you can pop up with your girlfriend or only fans. <laughs> how are we going to explain that? How I'm gonna make you the champ, and we finna do some make a wish stuff, and and you, you, you know what I'm saying? You out here with somebody that you can find for three ninety nine, bucky naked. Plus, plus you, uh, you violating what is it, <laughs> the name, image, likeness? What you violating? That might get you canned. It got Mandy fired, and she ain't knocked nothing down. That travesty. <laughs> okay, now, now, but good, but good on her because she made it work. Factual, because what's what is the what's the oldest hustle in the world? You, that 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 gang that you know you 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 know. <laughs> it, it's been it's been selling longer than food and beverage, man. So what, again, what, don't what, stop me when I start lying. No, don't stop me when your feelings hurt. Stop me when I start lying. 
let me let me let me keep it. Let me change it. Uh, get back a little bit, little, a little bit more chipper here. And I say a little right. bit because uh, this is laughable. Okay. You sent me an Instagram article from uh, debate wrestling opinions underscore or debatable wrestling opinions underscore. No shit, debatable. <laughs> Top ten baby faces of all time. All time does not specify where they're from. It just says. Top 10 baby faces of all time. You ready? Run it. Hey, from 10 to 1, Becky Lynch, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, Stone Cold, Daniel Bryan, Hulk Hogan, John Cena. Why did I go through that so fast? First of all, number 10 is Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch had one of the... I guess most feel good babyface runs until they tried to put a rocket on her back. And that's when the universe said, hold on, not so fast. This ain't this, this ain't that. And if you gotta do that with somebody who's only been on TV for the last, oh, I don't know what, 10 years max. I can name 10 that can replace this number 10 by myself. I would give y'all that game, but we do tournaments around this bitch. Expect one of these coming. What you got on this, Suave? I, okay. So, <laughs> I don't have the same issue with Becky Lynch that most people have from a, from a performance and whatever standpoint. I do think we need clarification on what the definition of babyface is because some of these are just like I was over for a while Becky Lynch kind of comes under that umbrella of I got hot for a minute because the man was a tweener situation I don't know if you would necessarily call that a babyface certainly not babyface in the traditional sense of the word like where is Ricky Steamboat? But, bruh, never, never, never had a, heel, a match. Never got booed. Never been a heel in a match ever. And was just on TV two weeks ago. 70-year-old man getting his hand handed to him by Ricky Starks. And what did the crowd do? They love Ricky Starks. They turned on Ricky because you were hitting Ricky Steamboat with a belt. Where where is Sting? Sting was booed for all the wrong reasons. What happened after that? Cheered to the ump degree. In fact, every time he's been booed, it was for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Sting had Sting went through his hot phase in the, the very tail end of the eighties, early nineties. WCW went through a floundering period where you know, and then Sting was along for the ride. He had to suffer through the Hogan era, and then Crow Sting happened. But in that window where it's classic i guess you were classic wcw pre-hogan he is the most popular person in the company several years running the reason why shane douglas got the nickname he got in ring of honor was because sting walked so that he could run sting was, was walking in wcw as the franchise ecw but yes oh yes ecw i'm sorry uh what's another who's another good one jyd Wait, 
Dusty Rhodes isn't on this list. That, that, now, mind you, Dusty Rhodes was booed a few times, but Dusty Rhodes was the biggest baby face because he was going against the biggest heels. You're going against Russians during a Cold War? Duh, duh. Wow. <laughs> I just... I mean, I, I understand that there's a generation gap that some of this stuff that comes out because not everybody goes back and does their history. Not everybody does their Googles. But, like, fam. For real? I wouldn't have put Shawn Michaels on here. Like, I, he was, I, I like, wouldn't he, have either. He was, a great, he was a great face. He was a greater heel. Way, way better. Put, um, if you put Shawn Michaels on there, you better put Triple H on there because Triple H was as much of a face as he was a heel, especially in the later years, only out of respect not, from the fans. But I'm not willing to do that. Not, I'm not me either. Nope. Bret I don't Hart, even necessarily have like Bret Hart is one of those. His Bret Hart. His, the first thing that comes to mind for me with him when it comes to this list is handing over his glasses to the fans in the front row. That's it. That's it. I have no gravitation towards Bret Hart whatsoever. I think they manufactured his love. His, he doesn't belong great, in this list. His greatness increases with every year that continues to go in the wrestling business because you can look back fondly and appreciate and see how ahead of his time he was. But in terms of just moving the needle as a, as a baby face, I don't know if I'm gonna put all time on that. I don't. I wouldn't put him above Ricky Steamboat. I wouldn't put him above Sting. I wouldn't put him above Dusty Rhodes. It's Which only a couple of people on this list. list. I'm putting above The Rock. Then there's that. <laughs> so we just we just gave you four that should be on this list. That's gonna knock the bottom off of whatever's going on around here. And so like, I'm wipe, I'm wiping my daughter's ass with this list. Jeez, take it easy. Take take it easy. Take it easy. Just Shout out to my guy DJ Donut. Take it easy. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, this is the list of somebody who started watching during the Ruthless Aggression era. <laughs> like dead ass. When, like, when, Smack, the, when SmackDown is, couldn't get, couldn't uh, pick a pick a name between UPN and CW. <laughs> it's a uh, type, yeah. This this is very much sci-fi. Like, you started watching wrestling when Cena had tights still. Wow. Like before Cena started rocking rocking throwbacks, that's when you started watching. <laughs> it just it's it's a lot of wrestling history missed. And when you put all time on something, I think you really gotta do a lot more. There were some people I'm gonna give you one. There were some people that were present during this entire era that they're that they're talking about. Take out take out Becky Lynch. I got one person that belongs on this list that was involved in somebody's and somehow, some way involved with everybody listed on this uh, on this uh, on this paper. CM Punk. You know, he is the he is the the ultimate tweener slash heel at this point, man. Like he he, he's polarizing. Keep it G. If we just going if we just going to replace if we were replacing Becky Lynch with another woman, Lita. Boy, you know how like we just got done talking about how the Hardy Boys and and their their resume and how fondly it's looked upon. Lita is right there in that same same 
stratosphere because you, of what she was doing at the time. Can you imagine, or can you can you remember off the just just flashback real quick? We talked about just a couple of weeks ago how jeered Lita was and how much of a pop she got because of the live sex celebration. That was literally them blowing the candle out on the Attitude Era, the live sex celebration. I, yeah, I can sort of see that. Can you imagine, like you, you remember how loud that reaction was and how they everybody was just, they were, they were over for Edge and Lita because that happened when they weren't even supposed to be faces at all? Right, because I mean, at, at their core, the American audience has this perception of that wholesome content is what they really want. Until, until. you give them something, <laughs> until you give them something that shows the opposite. So it's yeah, we want the hero to triumph in the end. We want to go home happy. We want to we want to kiss all the babies and hug all the old people. Until you see a heel come out and throw cer- ceremonial salt in an old woman's eyes. And then it's the greatest thing you've ever seen on television. I'll take you back to when, like, I want to say 98, when Kevin Nash came out and acted a fool on, uh, on Nitro and said bullshit, and they missed the, they missed the cue. Me, me, if, me as a father, if I have my daughter or, or, or my son in the crowd with me, I'm doing this because I don't know what's next. But the fan in me is, I'm locked in because we ain't getting that. Now they just dropping the word around like it's soap in a prison on AEW. Okay. Shawn Michaels' boyhood dream was the was the the selling point for his title reign until he got to New York and met Sid. And it was like <laughs> no one ever liked him ever. <laughs> but people people want wholesome until you give them a wholesome. Mm. Say that's a boy. That's, that's, that that's a <laughs> What's the song, Suave? Uh, uh, was it Writer's Block? Uh, which, which song? Uh, oh, it was on on Suave on uh, on uh, on Prime. Um, I know what you're talking about. Damn it! Uh, what is that called? Uh, uh, see, that's, see, I, I got. Let me go digging that, through, digging uh, through Suave folders. <laughs> Just hold what you got. That's a damn shame. I don't remember the titles of my own damn records. What, what, what was the bar though? What did, what did you say though just now? Uh, <laughs> oh, the song is called Bar Mitzvah. Bar damn. Mitzvah. That's it. It's, it's Bar Mitzvah. So what? So yeah. what? So what was? The, don't worry. We got it. We got it. P- people want wholesome until you give them a whole song. Jewel. Or if you want to substitute for wholesome, meaning some total, when you give them the complete picture they appreciate that more than the happy ending wait what massage parlor have you been to i haven't <laughs> been to one but i can tell you how to get there hey yo hey Look, hey i used to be a dj around some savages i do know how to get there bada boom bada bing <laughs> yeah you know i ain't paying for it I, I grew in i didn't flew in there it is Finally, like I said, we we can talk about this heel face shit all day long, but we got a tournament for it, that. It'll, it'll be it'll be a tournament. We'll, it'll we'll be a good one. We'll, we'll we'll put it the right time too. We'll season that real perfect for you. Matter of fact, I got the right time for that too. Uh, last but certainly not least, we're talking about giving somebody these roses. Endeavor has let it be known that they need a, a paradigm shift 
on the, what's considered to be the flagship show for the WWE. They pulled a they pulled a boss card, took Michael Cole and his co-pilot Wade Barrett, put them on Monday Night Raw, and now we have Vic Joseph and uh, uh, Corey Graves on Friday Night SmackDown. Which honestly, I haven't really thought that Monday Night Raw had the same luster since they moved Cole off of Monday Night Raw, which is about what three years ago. Sometimes it's best to just leave well enough alone. And now, now that Endeavor is playing ball like this, like this is a boss call, and of course, let it, let it, let it feel like, and I'm throwing that in air quotes. Let it feel like Fox had some involvement in the way that that shaped up to begin with to get Cole over there, because that's when Cole went to SmackDown. Was with they're still the, trying to figure out where what, what's going on with Pat McAfee. They're like, can we get him back? Can you, we split time between ESPN and this? I'm sure you can, but let that man enjoy his newborn. Like you I don't know, even, I, that, I don't even think the baby's here yet. You know, ain't man TV executive worried about nothing that has to do with his personal life. When can you come to work? And that's all they're concerned with. And you know that's the case. They don't care how many kids you have, how many you got pending. Can we get this man back to work? Because when he was on, things were better. That's all they're waiting on. That's all they need. Those are the answers they want. But since we're on the subject of commentary, got to give a shout out to Big E, who uh, reportedly, because of some recent news, has been informed by his doctors that he should not return to the ring. I was always very much leaning towards this path just because of the injury and where its location is. Uh, Reportedly, allegedly, he has expressed some uh, interest in commentary, which I think is probably a hidden gem. And he, I think he might be great. He's so hilarious. Um, quick-witted not, distinctly different voice knowledgeable people behind the stick CM Punk um, what's what's my man that couldn't get couldn't kept uh, that couldn't keep start, stepping on his own toes uh, Matt Stryker. Uh, exactly Matt Stryker uh, that's horrible that I know him based on that definition but it's Stanford right um, Michael Hayes as a wrestler uh, these these are people that come to mind when I hear because like Big E will probably be the most comedic this side of a lighthearted version of Jim Cornette because Jim Cornette is probably the most hilarious person on the stick next to Bobby Heenan ain't Bobby Heenan but Jim Cornette's a, a funny ain't everybody's brand of funny Big E can relate to the masses because he gives you the appeal of a professional wrestler while also still being a damn near 40 year old child. He'll be able to relate across the board. I look forward to hearing him on the on the microphone. If doctors are saying it's best for business for you to stay away from the business, stay as close as you can to the business without getting your nose in the business. Right. And, and luckily, he's been saying that uh, he has no nerve damage. He has lost no strength all great things all things that usually do not come with neck injuries and surgeries um so you know I mean, firsthand I wish, I wish yeah right 
I, I wish him the, the best of health and the best of wealth. And as long as he got them two coming in, like he ain't got to worry about nothing else. He got yeah. a lifetime position. He, he's gonna be he's gonna be able to contribute to the business in, in a myriad of ways, and it doesn't just mean inside the ring. And it also doesn't have to mean that it's gonna be stuck to either Stanford or Orlando. Then there's that. Show at BrokenPistolBC at gmail.com, at BrokenPistolBC on all things social, at BrokenPistolBC on what? Everything. 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 Swap, take them to the house. Like, rate, subscribe, share. Download. Uh, re- rewatch, download, tell a friend. Bitch. Share it again. Create another account. Subscribe from there. Turn on your notifications. Make a farm, ho. Uh, check your email. Yep. Return your return all your text messages. All that there. And uh, yeah. Pencil pushers. Heads up. Pencils down. It's episode two one four. Dallas, ho. I miss you. Kinda. Of. I miss the it's heat. It's hot in this bitch. You know, we ain't missing nothing. Seventy eight degrees over here. It's so Sunday, probably a bunch North of transplants Carolina making traffic bad. Be merge. You don't want no parts of this. We got polite drivers. They wave at you as they let you in the front. See, now you're making me want to move. Pull up. I'm 10 minutes from the airport. I you know I got you. I won't even I won't even order your Uber. I'll I'll pick you up. That's what I do. Oh, oh celebrity treatment. Boy. Curbside ho. <laughs> you better ask somebody. Be pinky turn. I I'll pick you up in the lack. Oh man, man. Say, look, the next question I'm, is which one? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Zell me mine. <laughs>